It's Big Game 29, Bugs versus Daffy. Bugs is moving down the field. He's going to score. This is one for the record book. Daffy is playing like there's no tomorrow. Daffy's Ducks has been in control of this game from the start. This is incredible. This could be the comeback of all time. The Big Game, Bugs versus Daffy. Saturday and Sunday, only on Cartoon Network. Well, stupid, are you ready? Okay, Smokey. Hello. <laughs> That's silly. Shoot him now! Shoot him now! Welcome to That's Not Quite All Folks, a Looney Tunes podcast. I'm your host, Mark Halem, joined by... And I'm Jordan Schmidt, and folks, are you ready for some football? Woo! Yeah! <laughs> I have to say this, and this is no hyperbole. In the years, in the like the almost two years that Mark and I have been doing this podcast, I don't think we've ever been this pumped up before a podcast. <laughs> ever. We are, no. like... We said maybe five words to each other before we started. We went right in. Because what we have to cover today is one of the most fun things we've had to cover in a while. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, and it's great for us because this brings us back to, or at least it brings me back to my infancy of watching cartoons on Cartoon Network. And... Yeah. It brings me brings us back to just the thesis statement of guys, how awesome was Cartoon Network in the early two thousands? <laughs> yeah, they were great. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's the great thing about preserving stuff like this that we can actually put our money where our mouth is and go, no, see, they did stuff like this. Yeah, and it's yeah, like like Cartoon Network is all right now. Like they do. Uh, at least, no, that's Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon will do one of the playoff games uh, and have like a slime vision or something. And that's all well and good. Yeah. But is that as good as Cartoon Network doing an entire Super Bowl marathon of a certain genre of cartoon with a complete wraparound making it feel like the Super Bowl with everybody in on it? That is the big game. And what we're talking about today is the Big Game 29, which was in 2001, the Bugs versus Daffy edition of this. I mean, we try to begin with what the Big Game is, because this was not a one-off. No, this was the fourth one, and fourth last and final one. one unfortunately. unfortunately, my God, yeah. I would have loved to see this gone to more Oh my God, yes. This was something they had been doing since the late 90s. And it, it, they, it, they, it's very much a, a picture of where Cartoon Network was at that time, because Cartoon Network in 1998 and 1997 was still very much the channel of Space Ghost Coast to Coast, and there wasn't a clear division between the regular programming and the Adult Swim programming quite yet, and it was very much a Gen X or slacker sort of network to just watch old cartoons and be somewhat sarcastic about them and it's very much a picture of that mindset as well as 
funneling that mindset towards the stomping ground that is Adult Swim of this day. And uh, what they would do, um, before, I, before I talk about what they would do, Mark, do you have any memories of, of the big games from when they were on back in the day? Maybe vaguely this. Yeah. Maybe yeah. vaguely the Brother vs. Daffy one. I, I remember the helmets. I remember that. Yeah. The helmet design. I remember that. Anything else, I, I don't quite remember. But Here's um, what I remember about yeah. it. I remember the Cartoon Network website having its array of amazing Flash games. And one of them yes. was themed around the big game with Bugs and Daffy. So, yeah. And the thing is, is that there was a lot of Flash games from the early eras of Cartoon Network from like the late 90s and early 2000s that because of updates to Shockwave wouldn't be available after like 2001 or whatever and there's one involving Fred Flintstone or Space Ghost Coast to Coast that like were essentially discontinued but I think the Bugs versus Daffy one stuck around uh, into the next incarnation of, of Flash and I remember that I didn't know what exactly the events of it was, but I was like, oh, okay, something happened with Bugs and Daffy. And what the big game was, was, yeah, these marathons where they would get the people from inside the NFL, as well as other sportscasters and NFL personnel, to bridge this marathon as if it were the Super Bowl. And to have commercials and a halftime show and a pregame show and emulate the entirety of the Super Bowl in a way that kids can enjoy it, but also enjoy cartoons. It did a lot, and, and this was, again, we said this is the fourth one. In the years prior, the first one they did was Tom versus Jerry, then they did Sylvester versus Tweety, and in 2000 they did Roadrunner versus Coyote. Which is odd, because I feel like they would have wanted to start with Bugs versus Daffy, you know? <laughs> well, the thing with, with, with these being the big game is that they didn't earn the big game title until the Ronan Y. Cody one. Because at first, they were just, it's Tom versus Jerry. And it was very loose, because at the beginning, with the Tom versus Jerry one, they didn't have these wraparounds. All right. they did was, the, the, the main game, what we see what we see in the main game, that's what it was at, at the start. It was just that. It wasn't until uh, this Fester and Tweety one and the Ronan vs. Coyote one that they called in a favor from HBO's Inside the NFL and went, hey, do you guys want to come over and, like, legitimately talk about these cartoon characters like they're the athletes you talk about on a weekly basis? And yeah. they all said yes repeatedly. To the point where, like, this was... Like, 2001 was a very much a turning point for Inside the NFL because a lot of people that were on it from this 90s leg of it until the 2000s would leave, including people like Len Dawson and Nick Bonaconte. The fact they were, they were able to do this before they left is, I mean, first of all, it explains why they didn't do another one the following year, but also it explains, like, you know, okay, they, you can do all these inside the NFL stuff, you can do all the stuff for the show that during the season, but also, oh yeah, do this Cartoon Network thing that, that might be pretty good because also, you know, the, the HBO is also under the umbrella of um, Turner and um, Cartoon Network. Sure, no, let's do it. And so you see this sort of willingness from all of them. And the, again, like, so, okay, so inside the NFL at this point in 2001 was 
Nick Bonaconti, Len Dawson, Chris Collinsworth, and Jerry Glanville. Three former NFL players, one former NFL coach. And what they did for um, the big game was they threw in Dan Marino, who had just retired and was a bigger star. And then at the same time, they had Pat Summerall and John Mann doing the uh, color commentary. And narrating the entire thing was <laughs> Harry motherfucking Callis. <laughs> Mark, you do know the significance of Harry Callis, do you? Yes, he was the Phillies uh, announcer for the longest time. Damn right he was. He, <laughs> one of the last games he ever called as a, as the Phillies play-by-play announcer was their 2008 World Series victory over the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, it was a beautiful moment, and uh, a, a very close relative of mine who was an NFL employee, uh, as well as an NFL Films employee, uh, worked with Harry numerous times, uh, always said the nicest things about him, but... I've always had a very soft spot for Harry Callis because he's just he's just a regular dude who has the voice of Philadelphian Angels and always had the right idea about it. And so to hear him popping up here doing all these lawful Cartoon Network things is amazing. And so and again, playing it completely straight. To yes. the point where there's some great lines in here. They just kind of go, man, it's great that he that he said that about Bugs Bunny. Yeah. That's nice of him. <laughs> Harry knew exactly what this is, and that's what I love about it. Um, but yeah, they had all of this, these people lined up for it, and they were able to bring it and, and do this. And all for the name of a marathon block, essentially, involving Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck cartoons. And God bless him. Now... Should we do the on this day thing, or do you want to talk about the, the lead-up to it? I would like to do the lead-up. So, it aired on January 27,001. It aired on a Saturday, and they re-ran it on Sunday, on Super Bowl Sunday that year. Right. Before that, because it's on a Saturday, on the Friday before, Cartoon Network used to have this, you know, new episode program block called Cartoon Cartoon Fridays. Later I hate Fridays. that we're talking about this like it's archaic. Like, yes. well, kids, back in my yeah, day, kids. they did something There's called Cartoon Cartoon Fridays. Ah, man. <laughs> uh, my hip. <laughs> so, on Cartoon Fridays, because of this event going on, instead of just doing like, oh, you know, here's our schedule, and here's what we're going to show next, they made... A special packaging. It wasn't like high quality animation. It was pretty like lip flappy kind of. Yeah. But they got all their t- voice talent in to do these bits where it's their cartoons of the time talking about the big game, who they're rooting for, how they're preparing for the game. You know, you got Johnny Bravo ch- talking to Chicken from Cow and Chicken, and they get into a. Bugs versus Daffy fights, and it's just so silly. And Charlie Adler's in it a lot because he owned the company by then or something. He 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 has a lot of voices, and in, in this time, and it's just it's so much fun. And thankfully, uh, someone uploaded it on YouTube. They uploaded all these the interstitial stuff that aired during the, that Cartoon Cartoon Friday. Yeah. And one night, I was very bored, 
and had a lot of time to kill, so I just went on, because, you know, there are a lot of people who are very passionate about Cartoon Network, what aired on the day stuff aired, and I found the schedule of what aired on that day. It was, um, it was, um, Ed and Eddie, Johnny Bravo, um, the big new, uh, show at the time was A Sheep in the Big City. Yeah. Which is crazy. <laughs> it's like, oh, Sheep in the... Okay, sure, new Sheep in a, in a Big City. And, um, there was, there was that. There was, uh, Dexter's Laboratory. And, the, actually, the Dexter episode is one of the great ones. It's the one where Dexter makes the robot, the, like, the mech suit... Oh, to, like, yeah. solve a problem, right. and, like, Dee Dee gets a mech suit, and they go into a fight, and then the and then he has to tell his family about the lab, so they go mm. into a mech suit to fight the back. It's a big, great episode. Anyways, there was that. There was there was Powerpuff Girls. They showed another NNA, and, yeah, just all these great stuff that you can easily find online. Yeah. And it's possible that I... Went crazy and put together essentially what happened that night. You can look in the episode description. There may be something there. I don't know. Hint, hint. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah, wow. why not? I'll be All nice. Right. I'll be. I'll be beneficial. Cool. If you want, if what a good idea. What us old folk viewed Cartoon Network as. That's a pretty good sample platter of Cartoon Network in that time. Yeah, I, and I miss it to this day. You know. It was such a great time for Cartoon Network, and now it's just another cartoon show. But then it was special. Um. Okay. So as as you said, Mark, uh, the big game was first broadcast on Saturday, January twenty seventh, two thousand one. Uh, we were five. Um, <laughs> in theaters on that day were, um, and again, this is very much like the okay, the two thousand movies are still around, but here's some new stuff, I suppose. The Pledge, which was starring Jack Nicholson and directed by Sean Penn, and Valentine, which is a very underrated horror movie starring uh, David Boreanaz and Denise Richards. Um, not a lot going on, but you could always go back into theaters and watch, like, Crouching Tiger or something. I don't know. The entirety of the top five songs on the Billboard charts just take me back, man. Oh like, man, what are we Jesus. Got? Okay, what are we got? number one song in the U.S. Independent Women Part One by Destiny's Child. Rockin' song from uh, the Charlie's Angels movie still ha- holds up. Number two. <laughs> number, number two on the charts. It wasn't me by Shaggy. We reason for the oppression now. Every last one of these songs I have nostalgia for. Like, number three, He Loves You Not by Dream. Number four, don't Love Don't Cost a Thing by JLo. Number five, If You're Gone by Matchbox 20. I oh, yeah. have memories oh. of friggin' bus rides to preschool where the, my bus mm. driver 
who was a chain smoker, was uh, would listen to the top 40 stations. And all five of those were in heavy, heavy, heavy rotation. And I, I know all of those really well. So this is a very nostalgic time for me. <laughs> and uh, what was number one in the UK? Uh, number one in the UK um, wasn't a, a song that crossed over here. Oh. So I didn't write it down. I, I will say the only song that really had it uh, was anything that would be re- reminiscent of famous over here was the number five song in the UK, which is "Stand" by Eminem. Slim, I wrote you, but you still ain't calling. I left myself, my pager, and my home phone at the bottom. I sent two letters back in autumn. You must not have got them. There probably was a problem at the post office or something. Sometimes I scribble the dresses too sloppy when I jot them. But anyways, fuck it. What's been up, man? How's your daughter? My girlfriend's pregnant too. I'm about to be a father. If I have a daughter. Oh! Which is honest, arguably That's a good. better, more substantial song than a lot of the pop songs that charted in the U.S. Because, yeah. you know... It has completely revitalized how people talk about fans and musicians. Now, I want to just, for context, the actual Super Bowl in 2001, the one that happened the day after, um, was between, again, I have a lot of NFL knowledge, so I can can do this. The actual Super Bowl that year was uh, Super Bowl 35, uh, which was played in Tampa. And it was between the underdog Baltimore Ravens, led by backup quarterback Trent Dilfer, and player everybody loves that we've just forgiven murdered a guy, Ray Lewis, and the number one seeded New York Giants, led by quarterback Kerry Collins, and television host who you just now remembered played football for 20 years, Michael Strahan. Ah. Um, The Ravens would win this game. Uh, The Ravens, by the way, are undefeated in Super Bowl play. They have been to two Super Bowls, have won both. So, that's pretty cool. Now, we need to talk about the writers of this special. Did, did you, by any chance, look at who wrote this? Um, well, there were a lot of credits. Um, but I believe the first credit were the writers. It was Casper uh, Kelly and David Drabik. Drabik. Okay, so let's examine where the two of these came from and how different they were. And how that melded this special. Okay, Dave Dravick. To this point, he's a veteran. He's a, a comedy writing veteran. Uh, he'd written on the staff of Dave Letterman Show, uh, Politically Incorrect. He was one of the writers on the ill-fated Magic Hour, which was Magic Johnson's talk show, uh, which <laughs> you've only heard about because Howard Stern came on and completely destroyed everything. I only know of it because of the bit that they did on Conan with Martin Short. Where he sings that goodbye song to Coney. He's like, I, I, I wrote this especially for you. And they just cut to clips of Martin Short green screen into other t- uh, talk show finales, including Magic Johnson. The Magic Hour. <laughs> the Magic Hour. Oh, my God. Great. Um, after after the special, um, Dave Dravick would also write, uh, be a, a staff writer and a contributor uh, whenever they would have the ESPYs. So he, he, what I get from this is that he basically was the person here who had sports knowledge. Then there's Chris Casper Kelly, an in-house man for Cartoon Network. Um, to this point, he had been a staff writer for Harvey Birdman. Uh, he was responsible for two 
uh, short films that would air later at night on Cartoon Network. One was 1999's The Scooby-Doo Project, which was a parody of Blair Witch Project. The other one... An infamous one. Very infamous. The other one, uh, which hadn't aired yet by this point, was 2001's underrated Night of the Living Dew. I need to see how those aged. I remember those being a lot of fun. Since this project, Chris Casper Kelly has become one of the fundamental voices behind Adult Swim. So after this, he becomes a staff writer for Aqua Teen Hunger Force. He writes for Squidbillies. He um, creates um, Stroker and Hoop he is the creator of, um, which is a Star Trek and Hutch parody. Eventually, he would become the creator of Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell, which I think is still on Adult Swim. And most famously, Casper Kelly would be the writer and director of the monolithic Too Many Cooks. A special no. that is, Yes, a special that wow. even if you don't know a lot about Adult Swim, you know You've Too Many Cooks. You've seen Too Many Cooks. We've oh all seen Um... And if you don't remember how the theme goes... No! No, we're not putting that in there, Mark. We're not putting that in there. We're absolutely not putting that in there. And um, instead of... You know what? Editor Mark, instead of that, put in It Wasn't Me by Shaggy. <laughs> it's a living. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, two very, very different writers. One was basically tasked to have sports knowledge. The other was tasked to have uh, Cartoon Network knowledge. And one would end up leading to the avant-garde gross-out humor revolution that Adult Swim has patterned on. Without somebody like Casper Kelly, we would not have somebody like Sarah Squirm. So, or even somebody like uh, Justin Roiland. So, this is um, a pretty big deal. And also the fact that he's been there since the um, uh, Space Ghost, Ghost to Coast era and Harvey Birdman era. So it turns out, if you wanted to keep up with the early 2000s Cartoon Network people watch Adult Swim. <laughs> yeah. actually seems to be it. I mean, I was, again, I wasn't allowed to watch the later stuff at that point, but, oh, no, you know, no, 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 no. compared to what it is now, it was actually kind of tame back then. So, so the director, who did you write down as the director? Because I wrote down, like, two two names. Oh, I didn't even write down a director. Because um, there's a, there's the pre-show director, which is uh, Mike Sheehan. And there's also a director, Pete Johnson. I so yeah, either those two. Well, 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 this is more so an editing job than a directing job. So honestly, we'll, we should probably credit the editor as well. When it comes yeah, the to editors are great. Yeah, there's the and they really put it together. Apologies yeah. to the editor. Oh, we didn't uh, get your name. All right. Any other background stuff, or can we dive in? Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Okay. This. All right. So. Oh, those 2000-era graphics. Yeah. 
some very two, early 2000s computer graphics of like the helmets coming out of the water and of the rabbit hole and clashing in a very computer generated field. It's 2001, man. Uh, yeah. We are still close to like very 1998 levels of of computer graphics. We're close to the Ally McBeal baby and the Bud Fr- and the Budweiser frogs kind of deals. Oh, this reminded me of like the bowling. You know, yeah, a little. Dragon, the siege. Yeah, that, that's what that reminded me of. A little bit, yeah. Or the early M and M's. Yes, I, I did like how when they do clash, um, the the guard on Dabby's helmet spins around like his. I like that. Yeah, it's a very nice detail. I also want to point out that the Daffy helmet has Pittsburgh Steelers colors, while the Bugs helmet has Dallas Cowboys colors. One of, uh, but yeah. to that point, the two most um, frequent Super Bowl people. This is this is before the. This is this is 2001. This is before the Dark Ages, and by that I mean before the Patriots had won a Super Bowl. So when we do eventually do, because the 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 pregame show is hosted by the Inside the NFL guys, and what I can gather by from the studio segments with the Inside crew is that they're mostly scripted, um, with some choice ad living here and there from people who are capable of ad living, and by that I mean mostly people like Chris Collinsworth and Dan Marino, and less like very stocky prompter readers like. Um, Nick Bonaconti and uh, Jerry Glanville. I do love the line from the beginning. Oh, it's between Bugs Bunny and Daffy. Always good to his mother duck. Yes. <laughs> like again, like, there's some good lines that they have here, which are a lot of the stuff from the the, the football related stuff has got to be from the Letterman guy. Uh, Collinsworth calls Bugs and Daffy two of the hardest working players in the game today, or at least one of them in a duck. <laughs> and then, there's a nice gag where Bonaconti says that Bugs and Daffy don't sign those big endorsement deals like Marino, and immediately you see Dan Marino go, "Come on, <laughs> that's good." I like that he was willing to, to poke fun at himself. Yeah, and and as soon as Jerry uh, Glanville opens his mouth, my immediate my immediate reaction was, "Give it, give it." I didn't watch this much as, as a youth. My immediate thought was, "He sounds like a." Dana Carvey, Will Forte character. Not so fast, Nick. I tell you, would have predicted it. Me. That's right. Make your little comments now. But that is exactly what I said would happen at the beginning of the season. In a classic matchup like this, it's exactly what the big game is all about. Two seemingly harmless species pitted against each other in a battle to the end. Duck versus rabbit. Rabbit versus duck. It's a battle as old as time itself. That is just Jerry Glanville, I have to say. Um, <laughs> Jerry, Glan- uh, Jerry Glanville, um, I would equate him to somebody like um, Rex Ryan, who is more of a character than an actual well-regarded coach. Like He coached for a while. He coached the Houston Oilers for a while, coached the uh, Atlanta Falcons for a while. But not exactly the most well-known as for what he did and his, his, for his wins or anything, but mostly just for being a character. He had a quote where he was making fun of the referees when he was the coach of the Oilers, where he basically said, and I quote, This isn't college. You're not at a homecoming. This is the NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them fucking calls. <laughs> which, nice. I gotta be honest, that's, that, that's great, honestly. That's nice. <laughs> That's nice. 
Um, but yeah, that's who he is. Uh, he's, he's like Rex Ryan, where like, okay, everybody remembers Rex Ryan for just being a, a goof and liking feet. And everybody remembers Jerry Glanville for his antics on this show. So, you know, I think he knows who he is and he knows that he's a loud and character type. Oh, but absolutely, because yeah. the very next bit is, um, yeah, yeah, other correspondence. Because Jerry's like, I always called that this was going to be yeah. the matchup. And, and their guy's like, what are you talking about? I know, no, you didn't. Jerry's like, yes, of course I, I have did. a clip. He's like, I have a clip. And they just and it, cut to a clip. And it's it's from September of, of Jerry predicting the Super Bowl will come down to Thundar the Barbarian and Scrappy-Doo. Scrappy-Doo. And they cut back there and guys like, Scrappy-Doo team, you make the playoffs. That was great. Because that reminds me of something they would do nowadays with um, Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. Where they make fun of the fact that they're like so wrong that they contradict themselves. A couple of years ago, somebody made a... Um, a I think it might have been Skip himself made like a whole video edit of him arguing with himself about Aaron Rodgers that I think is pretty cool. Because like it's like him from 2009 saying Aaron Rodgers is overrated, him from 2011 saying Aaron Rodgers is the best, and <laughs> very silly. But um, that that's who they are. They contradict each other. <laughs> There's a line there where uh, Jerry says the whole thing is fake, and I I haven't seen lip sync that bad since Millie Vanilli and Len Dawson says. <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought, girl, you know it's true. It was a pretty good song. <laughs> and I'll, I'll say what I've clued in uh, a couple lines ago. Some of these guys are better actors than others. Some are better at reading off the prompter than others. Um, Len Dawson may have won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs, but he's not a natural at, like, reading scripts and things. Like, like, like that takes a lot of time to hone and a lot of time to, you know, feel natural with it. And, like... I mean, besides, how fake is it when broadcast personalities just read everything verbatim off of a script? It sure is bad, Jordan. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> you see, sometimes we enter, we engineer jokes for the sake of engineering jokes. Uh, okay. So we, we go to the hey, we go uh, to the ads. Jordan. Yeah. So Sir Karasi, um so in case I, I don't make it clear last time, if you want to watch the big game oh. versus Daffy, you can watch it on <laughs> YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> that is a joke. That's not gonna come back. <laughs> But you know, since since we recorded this, it's actually been added to Peacock. <laughs> <laughs> to people who haven't seen that gag yet, it's basically people they're gonna think, okay, so Jordan laughs whenever Mark says the word peacock. They lost their minds. It's like the fairly odd parents. Pudding! Ah! <laughs> he said ing. Okay. So we go to YouTube. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. You watch on YouTube. Yeah. So, so we go to the, and, and this, the YouTube broadcast of this actually included some of the commercials that were part of this, that they made specifically for this. So, Mark, please tell me you know what this Johnny Bravo and Morocco oh, Mole is. Oh, of course I do. Thing. It's the uh, Big Joe Green uh, commercial. Thank you. It's a classic. 
Yes, good. And I, I laughed at that because I knew that it was, it was spoofing. Um, also, Jeff Bennett cameo, hooray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the mole. Because the, that's the whole joke is that John Morocco mole, yeah. He's a dumb. Yes. So that's just love Because, again, that's a, a funny thing about the early Cartoon Network uh, cartoons is they're tech. They're Hanna Barbera cartoons. They yeah. are like they were made at Hanna Barbera that were shown on Cartoon Network. So it, it's funny, just like oh, these like old retro '60s cartoons running shorts with these '90s 2000s. Nope, they're brothers. They're they're in the same family, which is which is great. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's cool to have this much energy. So yeah, then they have like little like little ads that oh. are you know. What was this pants one? I I did not get this one at all. When I with this baby, I like go out of my head. I, I just, just can't, can't get, get enough. enough. I, I just, just can't, can't get, get enough. enough. All the things you're doing to me I... and everything you said even. I, I like just can't, can't get enough. enough. I just can't, can't get enough. enough. We slip and slide as we fall in love. And I just can't seem to get enough. What was um which one? The I just can't get enough it, it, one. It, yeah, that one. Like, what's the send up of that? Is that a I forget. Of I forget what it was sending up, but I think it was sending up something. Yeah, which the the joke being that these characters don't wear pants or, yeah. or something like, like that's the joke. Yeah, it's like okay, sure. So then we come back from commercial, and this is where we go into our, our biographies on each yeah. of the of the players. So we begin with Bugs, and there's some... Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, also, the, the first line, it's, um, it's Len. Yeah, it's Len Dawson. And he's, yeah, Len Dawson is like, oh, you know, he's Bugs Bunny, part, so, you know, part rabbit, part Groucho Marx, part Karl Marx. Um, yeah, I, I miss the good old days where kids' channels would subliminally indoctrinate kids into communist ideals. <laughs> As opposed to now where they just tell you communism doesn't work in, gold, in Girl Meets World. Mm. Um, he also just puts in, um, you know, from part to all these, he also adds part Killer Rabbit from that Monty Python movie. <laughs> this is where I first put in, who writes this guy's stuff? <laughs> and so we get into this package about Bugs' season, narrated by Ari Callis. And there's a lot of good lines in here. Because, um, you know, there's a whole list of everything Bugs has, has been, and he adds at the end, and Harry adds at the end, and corporate chill over, um, <laughs> over him being the mascot for Warner Brothers yes. at that point. Which I wrote down, ooh, we're having fun with this. Yes. <laughs> you bite the hand that feeds you on this. No, it's great. I like this as a very like NFL film style recap of Bugs's career to that point. And I like that, you know, they, they have fun with like storytelling and things and just all and using the his career chronology as like a, an upbringing, like using a, a hair grows in Brooklyn as his um as a genuine a genuine origin story growing up in yeah, New York City. Kind of... Yeah, it's awesome. Also I don't know if you caught the brief shot from what I believe was uh, Hiawatha's rabbit hunt in here. Oh, that sweet 2001 racism. Oops. Sure, we'll include that. Nothing wrong with it. No, I also did like how 
he got into the league accidentally because he took a left turn at Albuquerque and wound up at a bowl game. Not yes. bowls game. He didn't wind up there again at a bowl game because it turns out his antics and bully for bugs is what started his career. Yeah. Which is just lovely. Great. And again, like I like that Harry describing Bugs' cross-dressing defense, which is great. <laughs> and and the what's up Doc's catchphrase as the tr- this trademark would be adopted by athletes and Saturday yeah, Night Live characters, characters for years to come. To come. <laughs> Ooh, Beautiful. foreshadowing. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> uh, foreshadowing next week, yes. Um, right. Also... Um, in, in, in pointing out the drawbacks and the, the things he's had to overcome. Bugs' his age and a series of bad, bad marriages. marriages. Cut, to, cut to the end of um, Hair, Hair Trimmer and um, um, Wrath of Seville. It's so silly. It is. And I love how bizarre the list of Bugs' enemies become oh after you know, his actual enemies. Mojo Jojo, Mojo Napoleon, Jojo. The, King of Il- the King of England, those hillbilly guys. Big red monster. Yes. It's like, what's Mojo Jojo doing there? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think he's just the enemy of all. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's all about, you know, it, it's likely the bug is going to win because of all his accomplishments throughout the years. Yes, so Then exactly. we go to Daffy. Where that well, is before we go to Daffy, oh, we have another commercial break, and we introduce our running gag of um, the pregame show being sponsored by Brack Chews. Yes, Brack Chews. And they basically just have like one or two just blackout gags of having like chewy candy sponsored by Brack, and they get the guy who voices Brack to, to do some non sequiturs, and it's and they're pretty funny. Yeah, I love Len offhandedly mentioning that Daffy has won it in seventeen states. <laughs> what did he? T- well, 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 no, well, we know what he did. He, we, have, we have shorts about it. It's, it's all... Yes, of course. He, he, he killed a man, remember? <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course he killed a man, though, I will say. And <laughs> maybe if this was done later, they, they would... Oh, yeah, this is all on Adult Swim. They make this joke. <laughs> they could have made a and joke Duck, like... Who killed a man. Either that, or just bring up the fact that we've looked the records... And while Bugs has done some incredibly heinous things, cut to the times Bugs has done, like, like yeah. blackface or something. At least he didn't kill anybody. While Daffy... <laughs> oh, my goodness. What I do like is when they, get to, when they cut to Daffy, you say, the, they have Harry going, Daffy Dumas duck. Yeah, it's canon. That's canon. I love that. I love the Scarlet Pumper duck. It's canon. That's, again... I don't say fans wrote this, but people who love these cartoons clearly wrote this. Yes. You don't pull a reference like that of nothing. Yeah, it's refreshing. <laughs> and then Harry continues, he worked his way through a series of odd jobs, probably because he wasn't very good at any of them. <laughs> and one of those jobs is stripper. Yes, I also like that. I like that one in the end with and dinner entree. <laughs> There's also a brief portion of this where he interviews Porky, which is just a long stutter for Porky. In those early years, Daffy often shared a room with teammate Porky Pig, who had this to say. Thanks, Porky. Again, things he has to say. Thank you, Porky. <laughs> like, he's, he's good at it. and But yeah, no, they, they pipe in the thematic element that Daffy never wins, and... 
it, it frames him as an underdog. And I like that they're really working with these themes here so that like they can, you know, pump them in for later, essentially. Yeah, and also I do like in the negatives, like one die if you're always greedy, but also the accusations of womanizing. Hold on, are we gonna like <laughs> We're 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 canceling Daffy. I guess we're canceling Daffy in this. And funny enough, Pepe Le Pew, nowhere to be found in this special Well, there's no. one thing right There's a Pepe Le Pew joke. There's a joke, but he's allowed to sponsor the games. It's thousand one, yeah. baby. He hasn't been cancelled yet. It is a good day for me. I'm doing a movie with Kevin Spacey <laughs> and Frank Langella. With the, with the, with the, uh, you know, Phil Spector. I was going to say with music uh, produced by uh, Phil Spector, but no, no, it was clearly an R. Kelly soundtrack. It was two thousand one. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. The soundtrack produced by R. Kelly. He's great. Um, um, yeah. um, so we then cut to um, we cut to another commercial, which oh I don't know I know it's in the style of the two thousand one era Gap ads and it's Tomcat. Yeah, yeah, it's I like that. cat. Yeah, yeah, very nice, very nice. And there's another Brack. One where he frantically wonders where his legs are. This portion of the Big Game pregame show is sponsored by Brack Chews, the chewy candy that you chew. Brack Chews. I can't find my shoes. Come to think of it, I can't find my legs either. Hey, do people know where my legs are? I don't know where they are. Ah! Uh, and then there's, there's this fashion segment. Anything about this one? <laughs> Yes, I, I I I did like the line because the government is like bugs and Daffy's fashion choice. I like bugs. Yeah. He wears gray and white. It's easy to see why guys like him multiply. Okay. <laughs> okay, Harry. Yes, rabbit jump, but also just casually saying bugs fucks. Okay, that's fine. Sure. <laughs> but, and here to hear the comment, Goofy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I do love. Harry going, they're going over a Daffy's design. And he just says, That wig? Please. I've seen better rugs on Berg Reynolds, although I'm not positive that he still cross-dresses. To which I just, I literally just wrote in my notes, What did they know and when did they know it? <laughs> oh my god. Also, just having, when they cut the bugs, just, just having the announcer of the Phillies go... In addition to looking absolutely fetching in this long skirt and blouse combo, Bug shows his soft side with his seemingly magical ability to take on the appearance of a female bunny. I wouldn't be surprised if someday he finally went ahead and made the leap. It's fantastic. Like, we'll let me say about Bugs's um, hunter outfit from uh, Rabbit yeah. Fire. Just Again, oh Harry knows who he is. Yeah, and just Bugs going, yeah, just follow these these instructions and it'll keep you off Joan Rivers' blacklist. Oh, 2000s. Oh, early 2000s, yeah. Um, I think my favorite um, Brack interstitial joke here is Now it contains 50% less force meat. Well, it, it, it's fine because uh, that 50% was that weird ass horse from the Easter special. So, was it <laughs> oh, even yes. a horse? A horse. Was it even a horse meat? It, it was probably camel meat. 
You're fine. I'm I'm offended by this. I I want my lawyer on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Wilbur, get me the fuck out of here. Isn't it funny how Harry Callis just sounds like Mr. Ed without the voice thing? Um, I love the joke that we have coming back with Chris Collinsworth, who is... Chris Collinsworth is clearly the best reading off the prompter of any of these guys. Where he's saying, you know, behind every great player, there's a great story. And behind Jerry Glanville, there is a pile of Noah wafers this high. And Jerry just cups out from behind. Hey! Hey! <laughs> now, I was like, right before this moment, there's another ad. Um, the When I Grow Up ad. Oh, what what did you make of that? When I grow up, I want to bound rocks in a quarry all day long. I want to suffer endless ridicule for being smart instead of a babe. Ride around in a van. Be second banana. I want to stay barefoot and in the kitchen. Yabba. 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 Dabba. Jinkies. When I grow up. When I grow up. When I grow up, I want to pass the same curtains in the same window day after day after day after day after it was creative. Yeah. There's some moments in them that haven't aged well, you know. Like, I wish to stay forever barefoot and stay in the house when it's like Kid Wilma. It's like, oh, okay. That's, uh. Or the one joke where Kid Betty is, is passing by the same, like, green same curtains joke. five times. Which reminded me of around this time, as one of the interstitials on uh, Cartoon Network, they had a... Flintstones inspired video uh, for Circles by Soul Coughing, where they it's Fred and Barney having an existential crisis about how lazy the backgrounds in the Flintstones are and how they realize that they're in a cartoon, <laughs> in a, a cheaply made cartoon, as Circles by Soul Coughing plays. Oh, man. Probably the same people. Yeah, I, I do love the tag. Like, it's not for Cartoon Network. It's just like, hey, car- yeah. and the tagline is. You're stuck here. Live with it. I, I like to, that. Just that cynical edge. It's so great. It's and the Gen God, Xers, man. God, I wish I was stuck there. Yeah. That'd be great. I wish Cartoon Network was stuck there. Yeah. But yes, we then get introduced to the coaches of each team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the coach of the Bugs team is Dexter of the Laboratory, and the coach of... Daffy's team is Mojo Jojo, and they actually got their voice actors to record new stuff. And I literally just wrote in my notes, Hi, Raj. <laughs> <laughs> I interviewed Roger Jackson a couple of years ago um, with Farrakhan. Oh. Um, oh, yeah. He's a good guy. It's nice to see Dexter and Mojo Jojo here, but there's really not a lot to this bit. They're really just sort of trash talking each other after a bit. I will say it's nice to hear Christine Cavanaugh on her game. And I do love the line from Mojo because they're talking about how Bugs is always going to Pismo Beach. Yeah. We're just saying, Pismo Beach? Why was he looking for that beach anyway? Long Beach is much nicer. <laughs> I like that. Um, Which, and something if he about, knows yeah. about Long Beach, where does that put Townsville? It's like a like a Metropolis Gotham situation. Like Long like Beach is about 40 minutes from Townsville. I don't get there as often as I like to. <laughs> just a, also the line, the line from Dexter right? he, he's, he's, he's talking to Chris and he's mocking Chris's name it's like Chris Collinsworth 
Something you would not understand, seeing as you do not even know how to spell your own first name. Have you ever heard of the letter H? Yes. I like that. Um, and I also just, something about Roger Jackson as Mojo doing an impression of Daffy's woohoo is great. Woohoo, woohoo. <laughs> it just textured going, how many O's are in woo? One or two? I was like, hey, hey you kids do that. It's great. And this live from Chris, again, the stuff that got paid to say, great ta- trash talk, Mojo. <laughs> uh, you don't know the half of it, considering what's coming later with John Madden. Um, <laughs> with the woo defense. So yeah, now this is a fun bit, but there's not a lot to it. Um, then there's this Scooby-Doo ad. Okay, what was... I was trying to pin down what it was because I think first, maybe like a car ad from that time. That's what I was um, thinking. It's like because where's all very nice work because it's like sweeping shots over the mystery machine. Like it looks like a car commercial. Yeah, and it's 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 set to guitar renditions of "Over the Hills and Far Away" by Led Zeppelin, and eventually "Tumbling Dice" by the Rolling Stones once they get to this party. And. I think it's very much, because obviously this is also Casper Kelly, but I think it's very much in the same vein as piping in the sort of stoner culture of the original Scooby-Doo's of just, because I got a very high undertone from a lot of this um, ad. Yeah, it's just, you know, like they go on this trip, they're at the party, and they're like, oh, do we even want to leave? Do we have such a fun time in the car? And then the and then the boys just run out and join Johnny Bravo and the baboon from, from I Am Weasel. Just, eh, never mind, I'm fun, bye. Which I think if this was done with Adult Swim, I have a feeling this could have been a beer commercial. Like, come yeah. be friends together with... Or an advert dispensary, I think. Or, or, or something. You know. An ad for the new Snoop Dogg album. Uh, uh, I love... Len, every time I see, I, I'm about to say something about Len, I just, I just picture Len Goodman. You had to pass a dope <laughs> right? and you didn't make it work. But I love Len mentioning, among the traditions of the tailgate party, the toilet papering of Nick Bonaconti's house. And so they're going to each of the, the tailgate parties at uh, each of the camps, the Bugs camp and the Daddy camp. And the Bugs one is at the Planet Hollywood in Bismo Beach. Ah, 2001. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. So I will say when they start like tailgate party, I'm like, oh damn, did they make even more stuff with the Cartoon Cartoon Fridays crew? No. Just to throw it like, no, 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 it's 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 live action footage that they shot out by you know Cartoon Studios, and it's uh, Tom Clark yeah. as the um. Now, do you know who that is? Is he an was he an actual correspondent at the time? I think he was an ESPN correspondent, although some people in the YouTube comments recognized him from, I think he apparently did some VO work with um, another incarnation of Cartoon Cartoon Fridays. I don't know. So his, his whole thing is you know, he can't get into Pl- Bugs's, uh tailgate party because it's yeah, so like high bit. class. There's... What was it? It was, I mean, it was like it was like a trio of Martins were at the party. It was like Steve Martin, um, Martin Lawrence, and like some other third Martin that I don't quite remember. Like all the party, yeah. and he even got he he stood like by the front entrance. The security guards just take him away. 
So he's yeah. like, oh, you can't film her anymore. Go in. It's very funny. And because he hasn't doesn't have an invite, and he's trying to figure out how to get in, and he and he can't. So it's a very funny bit. Yeah, I, I do like the bit where he thinks Ellen John's performing. It's like, oh, it's Ellen John performing. Uh, he's performing your song or Little Genie. Is no, that's not the second song I would have picked. Isn't that kind of like a hard cut of Ellen John's? A little, or maybe I don't know. Maybe that was a point to be more an obscure one because you can't figure out what it is. I don't know. Yeah, it's like oh, actually no, it's like it's no, it's Limp Bizkit or something. It's like it's, yeah. like, it's like oh, because okay. two thousand one. He has no idea. He has no idea. Yeah, yeah, and we eventually go to Daffy's party, which is at a bowling alley slash donut place where people are just going nuts in the back. And there's a Baja Men joke. Ah, two thousand one. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, Chris Johnson is the correspondent, right. and um, and the, I'll put it on here. It's uh, Chris Johnson and a lot of Cartoon Network staff having fun, probably. That's yeah, that's literally what it was. It's a lot of writers, like the guy who plays not Bugs Bunny is uh, Chris uh, Matt Piccini, uh, who's doing a great job of no selling this as as, as uh, almost a Bill Murray esque performance. Is like, yeah, uh, what's up? Mm. Just, it's it's very funny, and and then hitting on hitting on the reporter when she's not looking. Yeah, and, and they do do a bit where it's like it's 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 not Bugs Bunny and the party like person in front of me. He's like, no man, you're not Bugs. You have to say And they do like something about the lanes. It's like no, they're they're, they're Daffy's yeah. lanes. They're Bugs lanes. They're Bugs lanes. Daffy's lanes. And just the 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 um just Chris Johnson going. These are rabbit lanes. Duck lanes. Duck lanes. The rabbit lanes. Duck lanes. Look, the rabbit lanes, and that's final. You said it. He- you just gave the lanes to bugs. Oh no, that's not what I meant. I made a mistake. That's not. And the guy's going, no, he's like really pissed off about it. Like, damn it, I got fooled. And just, yeah, it's a complete, to quote who's back in action, it's, it's his demographic. It's a bunch of losers in their basements. Yeah. <laughs> it's the kind of, and the, the Daffy guy that gets mad is the kind of not great acting performance that I would expect from a Conan staffer. Ooh. You know the ones. <laughs> Like, like the bits where it's like, hey, let's bring out some of our writers and staff members who can't act and make them act. If it makes you feel any better, I think Conan... Uh, that's like that's part of the... Yes. That's part of, it the is part of the joke. Like, even Conan knows. They all know they can't act. So it, it, like, literally yeah. during the rehearsal... Why do you think just... they keep bringing out Pierre the graphics guy or whatever? Uh, <laughs> is there anything in the, in the interstitial before we cut back? Um... No, nothing that I wrote down here. I put down here a survivor reference. That's what I put down. Yeah, because there's some sort of survivor reference. They're calling the game like they're calling the survivor finale in 2000, and uh, Jerry has his money on Rudy. (laughs) Great. Now, would you like to explain that reference? Given this yeah. was a year I was probably watching Survivor, but but I know you, so you know. oh, this was this is a reference to the first season because everybody had money on like who was in the final four, who who, who you got winning, and so like he's uh, Jerry is basically saying, well, Rudy's going to win because he's tough, he's a Navy SEAL because Rudy actually did make the final four and he could have won 
if um, you know the final three challenge comes down to a nail biter, um, Richard Hatch famously gives up immunity and lets the other two fight it out out for it because he knows that whoever wins is going to take him to the end. Uh, Rudy, the seventy-something-year-old former Navy SEAL, struggles, falls off, and and ends up like being voted out anyway. Um, People liked Rudy and they wanted him to win at the time. And so that's what that's a reference to because he was the popular favorite. And Ru- the big joke with Rudy is that he was a very openly homophobic um, former Navy SEAL. And Richard Hatch was Ooh. an openly gay castmate of his. And so you would just Ooh. see him sort of like trying his best to understand. Like there's a great line Rudy has, you know, me and uh, me and Rich, uh, we, we, we got to be pretty good friends. Uh, uh, not in a homosexual way, that's for sure. Uh well, it's very kind of him to say not in a homosexual way and in a very nice because <laughs> he could have said no, the it, other word, but he didn't. No, he does. He does. He didn't do that. He, 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 people have said contemporarily the reason why the word queer has come up as much as it can because it's mostly just because of Rudy, basically. Like, you know, a fat queer over there. He's he's good. Uh, I think he's good at what he does. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Um, Rudy tries. Rudy tried. tried. He's no longer with us, but you know. Yeah, I assume seventy-something-year-old in thousand one probably did. Um, So yeah, so everyone calls who thinks going to win. It's four against one, pretty much. Uh, Jerry's the only one who's in support of Daffy, and Daffy bets when one of corresponds that if um, if Daffy wins, that that other correspondent's going to have to wear a dress. I love Bugs Bunny. Yeah, and again, the second you hear Nick Bonaconti threaten to wear that, you you essentially know Nick, what's going to yeah. happen. But I, I I did get a laugh of the little graphic of the four to one, and what a photo they picked for Jerry. They're having fun. Yeah, so I mean, there's a there's one more package that Harry Kellis has setting people up, and I only had like small notes here, basically just summing up their seasons, Bugs and Daffy. And Harry Callis, um, when he when he when he mentions Pete the Puma, he he pronounces it Puma. The season started off with a bang, with explosive victories over Rocky and Muggsy, Pete Puma, and Blackjack Shellac. So Harry and Donald Pleasance from the Puma Man would get along. <laughs> the Puma Man. <laughs> yeah, I, I do like when going through like Bugs' accomplishments. Like, oh, he did this. He did this. He was spanking a well-armed baby, which is a reference to um, Baby Buggy Bunny. And you know, it's like, oh, and he and he took on all these foes. He took on Marvin, and they show um, Mazamar's hair. I'm like, don't show that one. That yeah, it's not, not very good. good. There were space things happening to him. <laughs> no doubt about it. Um. So. I also like the narrative they have here that Daffy lost matches due to an injury of him always getting injured. <laughs> and then the great... Just, yeah. yeah. When riding an invisible bike became fruitless. Wait, let me check my notes. Yes, the air. God bless Harry Callis. You know? And just... It just Daffy be, became better by taking on bigger opponents like the Moon, 
a bigger turkey and some guy with a butter knife cutting to um <laughs> you were never done to uh the duck who came to dinner just yeah. oh my god <laughs> oh my god it's it's very silly and as we get into the game um brax doing the anthem because of course i literally have john madden literally says i don't care what anyone says brack rules <laughs> By the way, my dad has also worked with John Madden, and yes, he is a good guy. Or was a good guy. He's no longer. Unfortunately. But yeah, they have John Madden and Pat Summerall calling the game as they would in this period. And it's great because Pat Summerall has the very straight delivery. Like, well, there's two people here. and then It's actually very funny when saying comedy lines, and John Madden is the more boisterous, funny one. Just, can you believe this is happening? And Madden has seen some shit. Yes. Believe me. He's been there. Um, so the way they do is they, they, they divide this. Um, while they also do the marathon, they divide it into quarters where they commentate over Ogden Daffy shorts. And so the first quarter, uh, they do rabbit fire and rabbit seasoning. And so they literally go like almost gag by gag and they point out things about Bugs and Daffy's techniques and the little things <laughs> with the animation. I love John Madden pointing out the little details in the animation of the little bullet marks on top of, of Bugs' ears in the beginning of Rabbit Fire. <laughs> Summerall even says, Looks like Elmer wasn't the lone gunman. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So what you're telling me <laughs> yeah. is that we're not the first Looney Tunes project to make a reference to the JFK assassination? Apparently Is not. that what this is saying? <laughs> Apparently. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> I, said, uh, I messaged Jorn I, I think I was around this point I messaged Jorn saying Dude, not only does this show fit Our t- our humor tendencies It fits this show's tendencies <laughs> And I would have gotten away with it too If it weren't for you wascally wabbits And your Lee Harvey Oswalds Just Pat and John. Uh, it has to have been a sketch. It's like just like a sports announcer. Okay, maybe like Mad TV or something. Just sports announcers. Like it's a lovely day here in Dallas. <laughs> Hello, Dallas fans. Oh, no, no. What it would have to be is, oh, and that's horrible. He's just been shot up. Let's see that again in slow motion. <laughs> we have. A playback from Mr. Abraham's Zapruder downstairs. Abraham, what do you think? Well, you know, it's the most horrible thing. I'm not, I don't even know what nationality is. What am I even, why am I doing a, a Tom Kenny voice at that? This uh, the perfect thing to shoot with a camera. Oh no, what is this? Which probably, one of the only prominent um, voice actors of this time not in the special. Yeah. Um, he, 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 he's not doing voice in this, surprisingly. No. Somehow. No. And, and they, they got him for the tailgate party. They had him yeah. as the mayor. Or do some bits. But this is where we get... I mean, I don't know where specifically, but they said something earlier about Carrot Top. Like, yeah. oh, who should have opened this game? Should have been Carrot Top. We need the full context of that line because that's a cheeky reference to something else. Because John Madden has a line here. You know, with clever banner like this, it's no wonder the other guys are adding comics to, to their announcing team. Do you know what he's referring to there? I don't actually. So in 2000, I believe NBC's Sunday night broadcast, or let me just double check what channel this was, because 
a sports channel or a, or a football broadcasting in addition to, um, you know, trying to... Okay, it was ABC. Um, Monday Night Football, starting with the 2000 season in September, decided that in addition to what they were usually doing for commentating, they wanted to throw in a curve, so they added Dennis Miller to their broadcasting team. Oh. And it was essentially viewed as a universal failure because Dennis Miller, as a as a color commentator, had these analogies that no one else got. Like I haven't seen a throw like that since since Dolly Parton's house in 1982. Things like that. And so that line that John Madden has is a direct reference to the Dennis Miller doing Monday Night Football thing, and. Which is funny because I believe at this point Dennis Miller had his show on HBO. Yes, he did. And that was pulling ratings. Yeah, it's also an HBO reference, which is kind of funny. And so Pat Summerall responds, I heard that Cartoon Network were thinking of adding Carrot Top to this show. Thank God. <laughs> that would have been... Oh, it's like, oh he's, he's too busy. He's playing the show somewhere. No, that's later on. Later on there's a line... Oh, about the carrot top thing. Um, I heard he's in Branson, Missouri, performing a one-man show with Paulie Shore, which that's clearly the Letterman writer. But right. um, and around here um, we have the beginning of the many lists, which is another probably another contrib contribution from the Letterman writer, um, which is bad business decisions. Includes John Madden going, "Don't forget that Big Brother show. I already have." <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> it's, it's funny because that show is still going on. Well, it got bad. The, the whole thing is that the first thing to Big Brother was awful because it was basically every night of the week and it was a massive failure. And so they retooled it, made it like two or three nights a week, and now it's a long running show. So, yeah. And the other ones on that list are adding Scrappy Doo. Yes. Because, you know, 2000s. And, and why no Shamrock Shake? Because, you know, the, the, the Shamrock Shake at McDonald's should be a year-long item. But, yeah, so, so pretty much what, what this is, you know, it's you no, know, it's rabbit fire, and they're just commenting over it. Over it. Over it. Which also, over it. Have a how to high. Have a how And... I want to crucify Hawaiian. No. Uh. But, but, yeah, but, so, some interesting things here. Um, they're using the PAL transfers, the PAL files here, rabbit fire, hmm. which means... It was, which means that some of these shorts are slightly sped up. Yeah, especially this one. Which, um, also, something I forgot to mention, it takes, the stadium takes place in is the Mel Blanc Memorial Stadium. Yay! Which is nice. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice detail. But also kind of sucks where, like, okay, here's a, here's a Comedy Overly Tunes cartoon. Whoops, it's sped up. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> but, like, I love how there's moments in their com in their comments that I think even we br even we brought up when we covered Rabbit Fire. Like yeah. John Madden mentions Bugs' eye, like look at the camera yeah. when he's gonna switch it over to Rabbit Fire. I'm like, we brought that up in our episode. We're like, oh, like it's part. It's why it works so well. It's the tell. And I mean, they're pointing just... out these little details of these gags to kids to get them thinking about it, like the you know, the eye movements and little things before and. It's to get them thinking critically about these cartoons that they love. And I like that a lot. Yes. 
Also, how how the point system works in this game, it's so pretty much every time Bugs or Daffy gets injured, it's a it's a point for the other guy. So if Daffy gets injured, it's a point for Bugs. If Bugs gets injured, it's a point for Daffy. Am I correct on that? I think so. Or, uh, okay. I, I think what it really is, Mark, is that everything is made up and the points don't matter. They're taking it so seriously. I don't know what this is referring to. I just wrote down all caps. They're taking it so seriously. They really are. And <laughs> and, and I love like Pat being confused with the disguises because there's that moment rabbit fire where you know it's Daffy's doing an impression of Bugs and Bugs doing an impression of Daffy and they're wearing horrible disguises and it's and throw and throws Pat. Off. I love that. No, I'm pretty sure that's Bugs. It's Daffy. Like, there's just, I mean, there's a lot of really good little gags, like whenever Elmer's about to shoot something. Elmer in shotgun formation, <laughs> which is an actual <laughs> reference to NFL plays. And then, and Bugs is going back to the playbook. Actually, it's a cookbook. And then Madden seeing the rabbit cookbook out of Bugs's hole. I don't know what kind of weird stuff Bugs is into. That's Rex which, Ryan. Which, gotta give it to Madden. That's a good point. Yes. Like, yeah, why does he have a rapids cookbook in his own place? And then just, just even the easy jokes they make work. Like, that elephant will have big game memories to last a lifetime. They never forget, you know? <laughs> it's just so funny. It's just, and, and like, obviously they're great at working off each other, but also it's just really well written and just very funny stuff. And in addition to the already funny Bugs and Daffy stuff. Yeah, like when, when Bugs goes and like gets out of his hole. And he's dressed up as the, uh, the the hot person that lured Bugs over. I'm sorry, to lure El- Elmer over. And I think Pat goes, Baba Boom, what a hottie. Yes. What's this? Baba Boom, what a hottie. Hold on, Pat. I think that's Bugs. Disguised as a beautiful woman. I know. This is something. Look at this. And he does that in the most Pat Summerall way as well. Just going, Pat, it, it, it's Bugs. He's doing a disguise maneuver. And Pat's just going, I know. <laughs> that's really funny the downplaying he's doing I think works in his favor because everything he basically says says like this because he's trying to do the thing the entire time even when he's doing a joke it just works yeah so it brings us to the end of the first quarter uh, Bugs is winning significantly Daffy is not winning yeah. at all I mm-hmm. didn't bother writing the points down yeah, because either. as you said again, the points matter. don't matter it's, yeah um, and I like the little line. Let's take a break for the, some very special, very expensive commercials. So into the second quarter, I love the non sequitur detail of the list of big surprises, including the snow that just fell. Like John forgetting to wear pants, and the wink the parking attendant gave me. Clearly, the work of guests were here, Kelly. Just complimentary waffles. Yeah, which. As someone, as someone who just got back from a week long vacation, in which every hotel had complimentary waffles, you get sick of complimentary waffles real quick. That's right, you do. There's only so much you can do with that batter. <laughs> you can shape it into Mickey Mouse, but it'll still taste like a waffle. I one time had a waffle in the shape of Texas. 
It tasted nothing like the state, but it was delicious, unlike most of the food there. When we come back... Ooh. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love... I love that. Apologies to our Texas listeners. We're sorry you live in Texas. Unless you live in Austin, in which case I miss it down there. Yeah, but this is a short we haven't covered on the show. Yeah, the Iceman Ducketh. It's helpful that for a lot of this... I mean, the show um, Rabbit Fire and Rabbit Seizing and stuff, which is good. Those are sh- And Duck Rabbit Duck. You know, shorts we all know about. And like to watch. And kids are familiar with them. But this one, Iceman Duckith, um, from the later years. Yeah, it's from the early 60s. And you can tell, you know, because, you know, animation, budget. But, um, yeah, not the best way to watch a Looney Tunes cartoon you've never seen before. Just... I mean, I like this one. Sports announcer narrating there are some good moments in, in, in the show itself. Um, some of the highlights of the commentary include Madden saying the little snow wrap it looks like one of the extras from M. Butterfly or a very pale Jack Palance. <laughs> and then <laughs> the point where I literally just wrote in my notes, okay, now just now Casper's just showing off was above an angry bear on the list found list of things found under a decoy snow bunny or more snow. Your keys or a little wicker man with bamboo shoots riding a donkey named Mr. Sugarbridges. Come on. <laughs> and then just... I had one of those as a kid. You were spoiled. <laughs> you were spoiled. <laughs> I love comedy writing. I really do. Yes. It's somewhere in here is where we get the, uh, the, the, the uh, carrot top line. Yeah. The one that we, we spoke of earlier. Um... Yeah. A little TNT, and I'm not talking about the cable channel. Hey, Turner Broadcasting strikes again. Yeah, which is like, oh yeah, I, I love their, I love their, their, and then they promoted was reruns of ER. Yes. I, I wish they would have promoted reruns of Walker, Texas Ranger, though. Yeah, the, that way they, they could have had an excuse to pull the Walker, Texas yes, uh, lever. the Walker lever. <laughs> if there's one Conan bit that I would always, like, frequently, um rely upon to laugh my ass off it was that one <laughs> return your back on every <laughs> time every time and you can tell that they just love doing it i just love the fact that it was such an expensive bit because they, they would because even though and even though universal owned nbc that, that that's what they did was because yeah the studio who owns texas ranger were bought by Universal or something, so the coin and the crew were like, oh my god, we have the rights to show Walker, Texas Ranger. Well, not necessarily. Stupid bit. But not necessarily. They still have to pay every time they used it. So it got to a point where later in the show, they were made very clear, listen, we can't do this all the time. It's very expensive. But then couldn't we just do it anyway? Yeah. Or he would just make a whole joke out of not wanting to do it and doing it anyway. Yeah, and, and there's also moments where they would stop doing the bit. They would continue the show. They would continue doing the show. And they get to like, I think, oh, Jeff Goldblum. He interviewed Jeff Goldblum. And even Goldblum went, can I, can I did play with the lever? Goes <laughs> like, go ahead. So like, like Jeff pulled in and showed a clip. Oh. <sighs> it's such an endearing bit. I love such, it. Such a good bit. On the list of... Um, what the refs are watching, either last year's big game, the movie On the Waterfront, 
They could be watching the cloud roll away. Maybe, but that's only if they're sitting on the dock of the bay. <laughs> Otis Redding reference, sure. For the kids. <laughs> oh my god. I don't have a lot of other notes for the second quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we cut back into the inside the uh, the NFL booth. Um, because, you know, Bugs has a big lead over uh, Daffy going into the, the halftime. Uh, a lot of these lines are pretty easy. I mean, you know, they're, they're all gloating because Bugs is winning and Jerry isn't saying much and wants to switch back. Uh, Len has a line. Maybe Daffy needs to get back to his home turf, a pond, perhaps. This leads into the halftime performance, um, which Len bills as a, a female singing superstar, which all of them guess wrong. And I got a, I got a kick out of Jerry guessing that the superstar was Rosemary Clooney. Yes. And also, uh, just for the funsies, so the ones that they list are... Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, and Madonna. Yes. Britney Spears would actually appear on that year's halftime show. Uh, that was the one with NSYNC, Mary J. Blige, and Aerosmith, and Nelly. Right. That was that year. Christina Aguilera would appear in the previous halftime show. That was in 2000, which was the uh, the the Disney halftime show with, like... Because it was in honor of the um, 100 Years of Magic campaign because Walt Disney's 100th birthday. And Madonna would perform the halftime show in 2012, yeah. which, is the, which is the one that I saw. Yeah, no, of course. That was a pretty good one. That was the one where MIA flipped off the crowd. Oh, uh, yeah. And ever since, she's been MIA. Um, oh! oh, hey oh, oh, oh. Um. <laughs> so, the sponsors. This is where, like, all the... This is, like, quick fire... Make every single joke you possibly can about what a cartoon company could sponsor. Yeah, that I mean, show. I, I, some of the favorites that I put in because there, there was one where uh, it, it was stage left exits when you have to get out in a hurry. I literally wrote down, "Did Jack Handy sneak in here?" <laughs> There's a sponsored by Scooby Snacks. Try our new extreme flavors. One of them being Cat. uh, cats. Yeah. <laughs> That, that was where Top Cat's gone. Oh, yeah. There's also the Pepe Le Pew body spray, which is the tagline being, the ladies say ill when they smell Le Pew. Yeah. I also liked the simplicity of Spike. He's a really big dog. Spike. There's uh, an NSYNC joke here. Um, N-Tune with their latest hit, Baby, I Love How You're Drawn or something like that. I, I'm like drawn that. to you or something. Um, I'm drawn to you, yeah. Now, there's a couple gags here that are references to bits that were not in our copy of the big game. Uh, one of them was uh, the carrot board. You saw what we, what we did to those spinach farmers. Uh, it was a reference to a gag during the commercials with two opposing ad campaigns, uh, the carrot board and the spinach farmers, going just from their uh, slogans to insulting each other before the carrot board wins out. Meanwhile, the um, the Gary Coleman cartoon. Seriously, this is a cartoon. It's a reference to a bit um, that was not in our copy where Harry Callis is trying to recap the season but remembers more about what he did during... Um, no, he's trying to recap the Wile E. Coyote and Roadrunner one, but he's too busy remembering what he was doing at home, including uh, watching the Gary Coleman cartoon. And I also like just the simplest Jellystone Park, our bears talk. Hopefully they had a fun time writing these. Oh, they must. It was like an intense writers' room. Like, ah, crap! What the hell? I think that no, it was it was breezy because I know that um, like 
I, I looked at some at the previous year's special, and it was done by another um, Adult Swim companion of Casper Kelly's that he would end up going on to um, co-create Stroker and Hoop with. So he probably said, look, it's an easy gig. You just, you bite around jokes. You get stuff together. You get um, John Madden to say everything. He's like, all right, cool, I'll take it. And, you know, I don't think that there was a very high intensity uh, writer's room. I think they just had fun, which is good. So then we get the halftime show. Yes, the halftime show is Charlie Adler as Cow singing an Oops, I Did It Again parody. Called Oops, I Spilled the Milk. I can't believe I'm saying this, but A, bring back Fadana, and B, I got more of a tearful musical a- aspect from The Ugliest Weenie. Cow and Chicken's underrated, but man, is it weird. Yeah. Just Charlie Adler probably walked into the recording booth and went, okay, guys, what are we doing today? Oops, I spilled the milk. Okay, sure. okay boys, let's Sounds do good. it. <laughs> that's the thing cow and chicken is defined by three very silly and ridiculous charlie adler voices because you think okay his cow voice is very silly his chicken voice is very silly what the mother of hell is going on with his big red guy voice even as a kid i remember watching that show going what fresh hell is this <laughs> The answer being, he's actually hell. Hello. <laughs> he actually is hell. Okay. So yeah, so Charlie Adler just sings this "Oops, I spilled the milk" song, and it ends. Also, Cow is dressed up like Britney Spears, Spears and Oops, yeah. again, like like the whole screw laughing and everything. I jokingly referred to her as Britney Steers. Yeah, yeah, that's. <laughs> and I just the, the last line is Cow's like ooh. I'm a naughty cow. <laughs> How many <sighs> takes that take? Did Charlie Adler go like, I'm a naughty cow. Well, I'm not. I'm a naughty cow. No, I'm a naughty cow. Oh, man, I'm out of cash. <laughs> exactly. So the third quarter. Were there ads before then? Net, I didn't write anything down here, so no. Okay. So the third the quarter is mostly duck, rabbit, duck, but a little bit of a bottle snow rabbit. Um, I don't know. Around, around here, I think I started writing less down because I think that I was beginning to get, like, like I would begin to get a little tired of the list gags and the it was beginning to get a little monotonous for me. I don't know if you had the same yeah, thing. Yeah, there, like. there's... Eh, not really. There, there, there was some I still liked here. Um yeah. 
There, there's a thing where Pat just talks about things John says, because John said something, Pat's like, well, John also says, I can't find my socks. Watch your back, Gomer. And are you going to finish that? <laughs> that is a very nice Pat joke. Um, my, my favorite list gag of this bit was, um, you know, they're penalizing him for using the word fricasseeing, and that surprises me. I mean, it's a word Emeril Gossi uses all the time. Oh, this is great. And in a list of <laughs> questionable Emerald phrases, we have blackened snapper and nice gherkin. They're clearly having fun. Yeah, though I will say I did have a complaint, which was with, um, so, with the short, they, they cut around it to kind of give the impression that they're doing stuff on purpose. I guess, right. I don't they cut down the shorts a bit. Yeah, they do. They, the editing destroyed the sign gag from Duck. It Rabbit did, Duck. yeah. Destroyed it, which sucks. Mm-hmm. That's a great gag, and they just completely demolish it with, yeah. with its editing. Um, we go into Abominable Snow Rabbit after the Duck Rabbit Duck stuff. Um, again, I'm getting tired of the list gags, but conversational uses for giant abominable snow monster is great. <laughs> yep. This one may be my favorite one. Yeah, it's great. Because I, I, I wrote down here in all caps, John loves giant abominable snow monster. And right when I'm typing that, that's when they go into this list. I just, <laughs> in the same line of like, John loves giant abominable snow monster. There's a joke about this. And they just... <laughs> And it's so a the great conversational one. uses for a giant abominable snow monster is what's up, giant abominable snow monster? There's also nice move, you giant. <laughs> nice move, you giant abominable snow monster. You, the extra you gets me there. <laughs> and could you pass the stuffing, giant abominable snow monster? That is gonna be. You know how Jonah Ray um, named a comedy album after a line from mystery science theater of, of hello mr Air, uh, mr helicopter man hello or something i want to name something after could you pass the stuffing john giant abominable snow monster listen after episode 100 we'll just change the show's title tonight. oh not this but okay fine i guess so <laughs> welcome to could you pass the stuffing giant abominable snow monster on the oh my god it just I just post that into into the the, the podcast Twitter. It goes off the the with the sides so long. It's like, but yeah. By the end of the third <laughs> quarter, Bugs is winning by a large margin. And uh, I do like that when we go into the fourth. There, there, there's some more abominable snowman uh, jokes here, especially one where it's alluded to that Pat has a fear of Frosty the Snowman. Giant abominable snow monster has completely melted. I haven't seen anything like this since that Frosty the Snowman game in 68. All that was left of him was a corncob pipe and a button nose. Don't forget those eyes, John. Those eyes made out of coal, staring right through you. It's too horrible to remember. (laughs) I love it. I also love the little uh, pat line of, he used to hold me, squeeze me, and call me George. He did that to everyone. <laughs> oh, yes, it was special to me. Quarter four features a little bit more of a bottle of snow rabbit, but it also features the million hair. Yes, uh, 
Another chart which we haven't covered yet. It's underrated. I remember that one. I love that Madden didn't mention a gag that feels similar to a Wile E. Coyote gag. Now Daffy's trying some sort of tree catapult thingy. This looks like something out of the Wile E. Coyote playbook. Daffy goes long and gets... That's not like something that we would have brought up. Exactly. Yeah, and I do love just, you know, because like Daffy slams into a tree or something and Bugs is humping along on springs... Yes. And, it, and just John going, Arn, what's a rabbit doing springs anyway? He's a rabbit that can naturally hop. And just Pat going, it's part of his merchandising agreement. Cha-ching, cha-ching, <laughs> cha-ching. Like just Madden going, I like that beat. I bet you do. <laughs> Video game running for 20-something years, yes. John Madden. He's on the cover of it this year as well. Thank God. Yes. Thank God. It's so nice. Very nice oh, that you did that. So, <laughs> just the dialogue and the the way they go about it, I I love. You know, this is getting even more predictable than a Scooby Doo episode. Why on earth did he slam himself into the mountain? Because it was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this this running thing where they're questioning why Daffy's not using which is something part of an actual short like yes. why isn't Daffy flying or, or swimming and just uh, I, I don't know who but um, I think Pat goes uh, 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 no uh, John is like oh Wings yeah I, I love Wings especially their album Band on the Run which I'll remind you is about 25 years older than our average viewer yeah, which means now, if you were to air, it'd be fifty years. Yeah. Fuck. Don't. Anyways. I already feel ancient enough, owing to a Cartoon Network that doesn't exist anymore. But um. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I, I I really enjoyed that gag. Oh so, yeah. Uh, it's great. Um, we we end with uh, more rabbit rabbit seasoning here, where the end of this is that Daffy takes a lead and Bugs doesn't show up to combat him so it ends with sort of a daffy win by default which okay throughout the special because they bring up the winners of last time and it was the birds like tweety yeah. won his year roadrunner won his year so i i think i think uh, dan called it like okay it has the bird <clears throat> advantage and sure enough um it worked again yeah and this is the only time in big game history that the loser quote-unquote loser one. Yeah, it has to be pretty huge. You know, because everybody wanted Bugs to win and it ends up being Daffy somehow. Yeah. Do we mention this was the last one? <laughs> hmm. Maybe this is them going like, oh, we can't keep doing the winner. Uh, how about this time Daffy wins? Hmm. Daffy wins. They get millions of letters. Death threats. Like, oh, fuck. Well, we're not doing another one now. I don't think it would be a very good idea. Hey, has uh, Pat and Wolf Blitzer ever been in the same room? <laughs> <laughs> we now go live to the... <laughs> <laughs> it's like how well, when I was I, doing my Rocky yeah. impression and it slowly morphed into Ted Koppel. <laughs> yeah. All right, Duck. You got just five minutes. <laughs> No, no, no. That, was, that wasn't my Rocky impression. That was my Frizz Freeling impression that morphed into Ted Koppel. Right. 
So uh, I do love uh, Pat's line because they're both completely shocked, both Pat and yeah. uh, John, and just Pat going, "I'm I'm Pat Trumble. Now I'm gonna run down the field and run like a crazy man." I'm with you there, Pat. <laughs> also, you you missed the line that I think was just cheeky yeah, enough of. I know where Daffy's going. He's going to dis. Uh, oh wait, I I don't know where Daffy's going. <laughs> oh shit! Oh really? Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. Oh damn it! We missed it. We shit, can't say that apparently. I know where Daffy's going. He's going to dig. No wait. I don't know where he's going. He's going to Six Flags. <laughs> yes, we sure. have the rights to that. We cut back inside. And. I like the reveal here that Dan Marino is reading the prompter stuff for Bugs winning because they didn't prepare any for Daffy winning. <laughs> and no, this is, this, is, this is, you know, they're all kind of crushed about it except Jerry, who's kind of ecstatic. Oh, it's like, oh, here's your dress. I got a big laugh out of Jerry giving the dress over to Nick Bonaconti and Nick going with the perfect delivery. Oh, is this strapless? And what's what's cool about this credits is the fact that they're, none of them expect Bugs to just not come back and do something. They're all, like, through the credits, they're waiting for Bugs to come back and 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 turn it around, because that's what he always does. And the fact that he doesn't is kind of an impressive move. Yeah, I love the line of, um, it's like, and once you get to the key grip, yeah. it's going to be hard to turn things around. I like that, too. <laughs> and we have the reveal via, via, um, 8-Ball Bunny? I think. Yes. 8-Ball Bunny, I believe. It just revealed that Bugs just went on vacation. Yeah. Okay. And that's how we go out? Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Whew. All right. So I liked this one a lot. Yeah. I yeah. liked how seriously they all took it. I liked how much effort was put into the editing, graphics, and writing. How fun it felt. How much fun they were all having. It did lose a little bit of steam towards the end. It got a little bit monotonous. Some prompter reads were better than others. But I had a ton of fun, and it makes me want to watch the other ones. Yeah, I mean, this special is a bit... I, mean, I, 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 I told this to you, I messaged you. This special is a bit too well-fined to our sense of humor, both ourselves mm-hmm. and this show. And, and what I love is, this is... Okay, part of this nostalgia. There's some moments that's just like, okay, I'm loving this because of the nostalgia. I love that it's Dexter and Modo Jojo are here. I yeah. love... Some of these commercials because I grew up in that time, so I feel a warm connection to it. But there's some good stuff here. I love the jokes. I love the the commercialism of football that they're making fun of. Yeah, I love the the backstory with with Harry. Just again, deadpan, serious. The commentators having a good time. You know, they're yes. all happy to be there. No one's like, oh yeah. god, I gotta do this dumb thing for kids. I like, know they're they're. they're, they're Again, I didn't watch inside the NFL episode before we went on, but I'm assuming it matches the same energy. Yeah, and I, I for one, really did like the the lists. I they they didn't really felt bad to me. Um, yeah, I really liked this one. It was really good. Really enjoyed this one. Um, I gave it a four out of five. Yeah, same. I'll stand this a four out of five animals. If you're within our I I I don't, I don't believe like I was like oh if you're only only two thousands kids can't understand this special no no this special it's still good even if you don't really know the cartoons that are in this 
Or, I mean, as someone, Mark, who didn't have a great knowledge of football, did you still get a kick out of a lot of it? Oh, yeah. Good. It it was fun. Yeah, like, if if you haven't, like, by all means, like, like, watch this. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and, you know, and he he uploaded, I think, one or two other ones to YouTube, so maybe check out those as well. All right. Let's see if uh, we guys had to say about this fun as hell uh, special. Yeah, uh, friend of the show and um, king of the <laughs> king of the king of Washington State, um, uh, Brandon Pierce at Invader Pet um, says that he remembers the sponsor gag regarding Scooby Snacks and one of the flavors being cat. Yeah, I liked that gag a lot. That actually. is a good gag. They had a lot of fun just rolling out sponsors. Yes, and we have a uh, comment here from Jesse Pindus at JP in for the win who said that this is a fun little clip show special, and he'd say that the ending surprised him a bit. Which, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, don't see it me watching this as a kid, I would have probably thought that Bugs would have won. So I get it. Um, and the last comment is uh, from Blah Diddy at Blah Diddy 84 uh, They say, The big games were my favorite Cartoon Network specials, and this one was a fantastic finale. I remember recording this one. I rewatched it a lot. I don't blame you. This one's great. Yeah. And we we really should look more at, at these because th- th- this one is as of equal quality to the other ones. I want to see what else they have to offer. I mean, I, I I know you watched some before we went on, but I really do want to see some more. Yeah, I want to <laughs> do the Wiley e. Coyote versus uh, Roadrunner one next time we get a chance. Because I mean, if if the Bugs versus Daffy one was this good, I want to see the other one. Uh, these are a lot of fun, and you can tell that they all had a lot. Of, like, the, just getting, like, Adult Swim writers and getting, like, Cartoon Network writers and just having a blast with it, I really just enjoy that. And it just emanates the best um, energy. All right, so thank you, everyone, for your comments. Yeah, thank you all. hope you enjoyed our um, all-too-favorable coverage of this one. So, next week... We're doing a rare one of these that I've actually watched before. Usually. As have I. Usually, a lot of these is like, oh, okay, it's a special feature or something. And I'm like, oh, I'll get to that someday. And I'll never get to it. Um, The one that we're doing next week is one that I have watched a lot of the time. uh, That I know that I think at least my dad had nostalgia for at the time. Um, And one that... Honestly, I would still recommend to this day, just on account of what it does and what it says about cartoons and what it says about the influence of these cartoons and who gets to say it. And, you know, I'm glad that we get an opportunity to talk about this one, Mark. Oh, yes. Because there's a there's a very prominent figure in this that the reason this all came together and it's such it's a combining of the things we really really love. Yes, we love Looney Tunes, but as evidenced by moments in the show, um, we also love SNL mm-hmm. and the people who are on it, who got their start in it, who got fame from it. So. What we're going to watch next week is a Lauren Michaels produced Mm -hmm. Looney Tunes TV special titled 
Bugs, Bunnies, Looney Tunes, All Star 50th Anniversary, Looney Tunes All Star 50th Anniversary. Um, yeah, it's a list Hollywood talent because it's Lorne Michaels. He has those connections. Talking about Looney Tunes, the influence of Looney Tunes, why they've lasted at that point for fifty years, and how they are real. Mm-hmm. It's a large experiment of yes and. It's talk about these characters as if you exist and if they exist in the world with you. Yeah. From from people you wouldn't expect to be in a Looney Tunes special like this. Like, oh, yeah. The, the poll they get is incredible. There's one or and, two that I, I literally double-taked at uh, the first time I watched it. Like, they got this person? They literally tracked down this person and had them do this? And they're <laughs> into it, too? It, it's, it's really fascinating. And I think that, you know... To this day, I think it's worth worthy of a watch, even if you're not like a big SNL person like that. So I think we're going to have a lot of fun diving into it next week. Yeah, so if you want to watch this one, it's on YouTube. No, Mark, if you want to watch this one, you can find it on. If you want to find this special, it's available on Looney Tunes Gold Collection Volume 2. And it's also available on YouTube in its entirety. You mean to you, Mark? You mean and it's available on. Oh, son of a <laughs> god! Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And it's available on the Looney Tunes Gone Collection. <laughs> also available on YouTube. <laughs> I love this bit so much. This is so fun. Kill me. <laughs> No, kill me was a streaming service. <laughs> Pray for Marjo, Jojo. Pray for Mojo. Oh God! So look for, forward to that next week. That's the end. It's the end That's of a the lot end of, of this week's show. Yes, end of our Saturday, most likely. Oh. Um, that's the end of this week's show. If I keep up with us on Twitter, you can follow me at Mark Hallam, 1995. And you can follow me at Tall Guy Schmidt. If I keep up with the podcast or give your thoughts for next week's episode, you can follow at that underscore loony or type in the podcast title. We are the first result. And you can also find our podcast wherever podcasts are really available. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Apple, Podcasts, Spotify. <laughs> Player FM, Anchor Stitcher, um, Stitcher. Amazon Music, Amazon Music, (laughs) and also apparently Peacock. Peacock. (laughs) Every time, Mark. Every time. (laughs) All right. So until next week, I'm Mark and I'm Jordan. And to paraphrase the great Harry Callis, we are out of here. Lift your head off the ground There's a lot to be learned So look around Once there was a silly old ant Thought he'd move a rubber tree plant Anyone knows an ant Can't move a rubber tree plant But he had high hopes He had high hopes He had high hopes
when you start to feel it low, instead of letting go, just remember that at Whoop, there goes another robber tree. Up there goes another robber tree. Whoop, there goes another robber tree plant.